0: Each. You are now entering a new dimension A space between the fourth wall and lampshading, At the precipice between madness and obsession You are now listening to The Geeked Podcast What's up my spooky scary monsters of yore? I am Princess Weeks And I am Guillermo del Toro Just kidding, <laughs> I'm Tessa <Netting. laughs> I thought Guillermo was in the room with us <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, is that you? me. Oh, no. I, I was like, the <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> Welcome to the Geek Podcast, your one-stop shop for fandom conversations, pop culture, scariness, and I guess mask-wearing co-hosts. <laughs> yep, all the
1: things that we love. Each week, we're going to skim the surface of what's popular in geek culture, then deep dive into the lore of a Netflix world bigger than our own.
0: Today, we are talking about a new anthology series from the mind of the iconic monster man himself, Guillermo del Toro, the man who understands what us monster bleepers want, but we really really
1: want oh he knows he knows (laughs) i can always count on him and i'm so pumped because we're gonna go into the cabinet of curiosities an anthology of some sinister stories told by some of our favorite horror creators i can't wait for this and before we get into talking about all of those spooky stories princess what has got you geeked this week
0: All right. At the time of our recording, the Crown season five trailer has dropped, baby. And Woo! I'm excited because Woo! it's like the Anibis Harbus, however you say it in, in, in Latin. It's a dead language, so I don't care. But <laughs> I just I'm really excited to see it. I think the casting like Professor Umbridge as the queen is like we've been waiting for this my whole life. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to see how the, the crown handles everything. I think especially now that everyone is very sensitive and aware of, like, we just lost the queen as, like, a pop culture figure. And so they're figuring that stuff out. And, yeah, it looks excellent. Cannot wait. And, um, yeah, Diana's about to wear her revenge dress. And I'm ready! Revenge oh, is better than you yeah. ever were. <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. The re- a, the revenge dress. What uh, an iconic moment in legend.
0: I mean, like, ugh. She did it. She did it, guys. She did it for the gays, for everyone. So that's what's got me geeked this week. What about you, T?
1: Uh, what has got me geeked this week is um, I went to the premiere of The School for Good and Evil a couple of days ago, and it was so good. It was one of those things where, like, the more that I've—because this is my third time watching this movie now. Um, Amazing. the more— that I watch it like the more that I love it and especially on the big screen I actually cried I I was crying at the end I was oh
0: like this is gosh. too much <laughs> I can't wait to watch it with my girlfriend because I know she's going to make yeah. fun of me because I'm going to cry but like I keep thinking about the scene. Like, first of all, our amazing interview that we got to do. I know. And he, did you get to talk to him again in person? Was he at the no, premiere?
1: No, it oh, was no. so chaotic. It was like, there was so many people there. It was so like, and I had to like go home right after it was finished. So I didn't have a chance to like hang out and stay around. But uh, but just being able to watch it in a theater and watch it with such a, we had a great audience. Everyone amazing. was like really into it. And um, like, You know, laughed and responded and was like cheering. And I just the more that I see this, the more I'm just so happy that that this exists and that it is it's done in a way that it's like little girls are going to love this. And it's just fun. It's a fun what like retelling and version of a magical school? Like I just mm-hmm. always keep remembering what like Soman said. How it's just like, like magic, but it's like a Madonna concert. And I was like, yeah, we, it's it's fun in that way. Like it doesn't have to be so. Structure because it's like sometimes even like oh magical schools magical things here's all the rules here's all, here's all this and it's like but this is just primarily around the friendship of two girls and how that can fucking destroy evil and it's true because yes. uh, I I love women and I love their power and their magic so. Love it.
0: There's a reason why Heart is in the Captain Planet mashup. You needed to bring the band together. Okay, mm-hmm. I totally agree. I cannot wait to rewatch it because like it's always fun having screeners, but like getting to have like the full effect on right. your screen. Like yes, have, have my subtitles for me because mm-hmm. you know I like to know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm so excited to rewatch it. So I'm so glad you get to do that. You saw Michelle yo. I oh my god, I was verklempt just seeing you with that with that picture, and you looked beautiful. You were wearing like this pink dress. Oh my god, I was you a know, like a little puff. princess. <laughs> I, like was. I was, I was, so, <laughs> I was like so happy everyone showed up to my eleven
1: year old birthday party. Um, thanks for coming, everyone. Um, it's what you deserve. <laughs> I also met Ben Barnes, which was incredible. You met fucking
0: serious black. Ah! To- ah! <laughs> oh, you not know black. Ah! That is right. That's right. Uh- the only spinoff we asked for, and we didn't get, because of homophobia. <laughs> uh,
1: I know, never. It's fine. I, I prefer it to live in my um, own head and my own canon. So, but you know what? We
0: do get him to be hot and evil and shadow and bones. So. Exactly, the Darkling. That's what That's I mean. Plan. I was like, this is
1: this is an iconic man.
0: <laughs> we are geeked for Ben Ben Barnes. We, 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 always, we lo- always we geeked lo- for Ben Barnes. We love you, Bon Bon. <laughs> Prince Caspian. (laughs) Yes.
1: He's forever a prince in our hearts. Okay, y'all. Let's talk about the cabinet of curiosities.
0: Picture your mind as a cabinet. Where you lock up your darkest thoughts
1: and deepest fears. What would happen if you opened that cabinet? For the world to see, we
0: are about to find out.
1: For those of you who do not know, which if you don't know, now you know, it's an upcoming American horror anthology series created by Guillermo del Toro for Netflix based on his short story of the same name. The series features eight unique horror stories that challenge the classical horror genre, and two of these are original works by del Toro himself, while the others are written and directed by various filmmakers in the horror genre. It is like the coolest, best, most amazing anthology series that I've watched in a long time. I absolutely
0: loved it. Princess, let me know what you think. I was obsessed with this. I'm a Del Toro stan and I think I was just so impressed by the range of creators and that he brought on for this project. It just it just proves why people love him so much. He is yep. really someone who loves to spread, you know, access around. So this was Phenomenal. Scary as shit. Like, yes. I was watching this at night, and Surprise, I was like... me, too! <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I was really like, oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, it was just me and my cat, and my cat has proven to be a coward, so she's not going to save me. But yeah, I was really into this, and... Like you said, some of these are adaptations of other stories. There are a few here that are adaptations of actual horror stories. So there's one that's based on a Michael Shea story. There's a few H.P. Lovecraft stories in here. So, yeah, it's really interesting just seeing how everything comes together. And, yeah, it was scary (laughs) scary as shit.
1: Welcome to my cabinet of curiosities. It was definitely scarier than I thought it was going to be. I I should have known, but for Mm -hmm. some reason, I was just like, oh, it's just going to be like, I was thinking like monster movie rather than like scary, Mm -hmm. like show or stories. But I really loved this because one of my favorite things to like read when I was a little kid I had these books of, like, different scary stories, like—but short stories, so short Mm -hmm. scary stories. And so bringing those sort of short stories to life is—because it's almost like Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's like—I always love just, like, a group of people—it's like the Midnight Club, sitting around telling scary stories. So this is kind of like bringing the Midnight Club to life in— like the most intense way because these are all professional filmmakers that are like known for the horror genre and they're each one is different, which is cool, yeah. too. So it's like, oh, this one is focused on, like, aliens. This one is more like gore. This one ha- tells more of, like, a jump scare thing. Here's the house one. Here's the kids one. You know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. uh, here's the witch one. It's really fun, and it's like a little taste, a little sampling platter of everything, mm-hmm. and I loved it. All hosted yeah. by the
0: man himself. Also good. And some of the people that he brought on that I thought was really excellent, he bought in as a director for one episode called The Outside. He had... Anna Lily Amanpour, who did the A Girl Who Walks Alone at Night, which was this um Iranian vampire story, which was really great. It was really big at Sundance back in 2014. So that was really exciting to see. He brought, you know, our girl uh Catherine Hardwick of Twilight. And not <laughs> that episode, freaking
1: episode six, Dreams in the Witch House. That was my episode. There were too mm. many things in there, too many coincidences. Too many things. That was also the one with Rupert Grint in it. So it's like, yes. oh, we got the director of Twilight. We got Rupert Grint. So I was like, forget this. This is too much. This is yeah. also, the, it was about witches. Guillermo del Toro like comes out and like grabs a wand. I'm like, are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> so good. One of my favorite directors, uh, Jennifer Kent, who director of The Babadook. Yes, uh, gay icon. <laughs> uh, Love The Babadook. A movie that makes me cry was a part of this and... The episode that she directs, The Mummering, was just such a beautiful episode. Like Oh my God. I was so emotional. And then I was like, is that Lincoln from you know, from <laughs> yes! The Walking Dead? The whole time I'm like, what? <laughs> Rick? I am like Ray was like, that's his face? I was like, <laughs> I I forgot you had all of that face under all of that beard. Cause I just it was like, it was like. Oh, I know him, but yeah, it was, it was a great amuse bouche of horror. <laughs> exactly
1: that. Going back to that episode because that was one of my favorites was that bird, <laughs> that bird episode about the birds, the murmuring, which I didn't even know those patterns were called that, like murmurations yeah. or whatever. I was like, is this fake? And then I looked it up, and it's definitely not. <laughs> I was like, I love just... <laughs> you. like, is this real? Are you <laughs> lying? <laughs> I've never heard of this, but I, Princess, I want to know your feelings about birds because I... I hate them. Me too. I I don't like birds either. They, like, freak me out so much. So, like, this just confirmed my fear of birds in a whole new way. I was like, what are you talking about? They have natural telepathy. I was like, forget it. No wonder they're terrifying.
0: Like, how do they do this? This is why we were hired together, because I absolutely am afraid of birds. I don't like them. When one of the birds fly, is like in the house flying, I'm like, personal nightmare. Would prefer a bat, honestly. <laughs> Would honestly prefer a the bat. The birds are too smart. Too smart. Too chaotic. We'll shit mm-hmm. in the house. But yeah, it was... Birds are really creepy to me because, like... They they can mean omens of so many different things. And so like their un their unexplained presence in any one area is like, what the fuck is going on? True. Someone's gonna get sacrificed or someone has been sacrificed. You know, it's either or. It's never (laughs) a good sign if there are too many birds in one area. (laughs) And And it's it's not Venice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't like this. There's too many birds around. And these, I mean, this story was about like two bird lovers, like lovebirds, if you will. (laughs) Bird loving lovebirds. But I was just like, these these people like birds too much. Like, what are they? They are just sitting, watching, listening to birds all day. I'm like, dang, that is commitment. I respect it, but also kind of terrified. And especially when the birds were in the house, I was like, nope, you guys don't think something's going to happen? And then people kept saying in that episode, they're like, oh, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. I'm like, stop. <laughs> Whenever you say that. Then the ghosts need to prove themselves, don't you know? <laughs> you mm-hmm. dummies. You big dummies. Also, who doesn't believe in ghosts? How
0: do you believe in birds and not believe in ghosts? Dumb. Right. Did you have, like, a favorite episode of the ones that you watched? Because I, I'm I definitely stuck between did. two. <laughs>
1: okay. Let me hear yours first because because I'm going to go off on the Harry Potter episode.
0: <laughs> so go tell me your faves. I want to know. So I was really torn between, like, the autopsy and Ooh. Lot 36. Lot 36. Ain't you curious?
1: Whatever is in there is mine now.
0: Lot 36 was so good. Anytime I see Tim Blake Nelson, I'm just like, Tim, what are you doing out here? It's just like, <laughs> it's just so nice to see him and stuff. It's like, what a good, like, face actor, you know? It's like, you see him mm. and stuff, you're just like, this is an actor, guys. Love that face. <laughs> Love that for him. And of course, you know, like, he's, he's just so talented in so many things. But to me, like, it combined my two favorite things, spooky witchcraft demons, mm. a little bit of body horror, and of course, a woman getting revenge on a douchey man at the very end. Ooh,
1: that ending was the <laughs> be- That was definitely the best ending out of all of them. Like, that was very satisfying. I was very happy at the end of it. And honestly, like, Lot 36 was, <laughs> was one that really hit close to home, because I literally got a storage unit this past weekend for the <laughs> first time. So I was like, next time I go to my storage unit, I gotta do those little hops that that guy was doing. <laughs> I was like, "This is so creepy." Now I have to go to my storage unit, and I'm going to be like, "I have to check the walls to make sure there's no hidden entrances into like a demon lair." Jesus Christ! Which is
0: which is which is what you have to be worried about in this world. It's very sad. We used to be a society. I know, but because of all these, you know, just wayward satanic wiccans out there, we can't even have peace of mind.
1: Exactly, and also. It was one of those things where Lot 36 was a really fun one because there were a lot of, like, it wasn't a big reveal, but, like, fun little things or fun little callbacks or, like, oh, we saw that picture of this guy being a Nazi or something. And you're like, what Mm. is that? Or, like, you kept seeing, like, weird little things and it kept building and building. And then it led to this, like, crazy thing at the end. And then, of course, the ending, which was so, so freaking satisfying because,
0: fuck that guy <laughs> right honestly oh my god i was like when she was just kind of like oh it, it reminded <laughs> me of have you ever seen the movie trick or treat yes remember when they try to get that little girl to get trapped and then she goes up in the ladder she just kind of waves at them and i was just like I think myself iconic legend like that's right you didn't kill them they just got eaten by the monsters that they wanted to feed you to so like yep yeah no harm no fail Yep. But it's interesting. Tell me about the autopsy, because that was
1: one that was a little too much for me because of the because of the body horror, because of the skin, because of the like it. I was like, huh oh, I can't watch some of this. This is a little much for me. So tell me why you loved it. I just
0: love being terrified. Yeah, this one was scary. And it was so scary. And I think also like I love a tight hour long that's why I love the, the Twilight Zone It's telling one self-contained story that has like a little bit of a moral into it mm-hmm. but it just is and then honestly that demon it scared the shit out of me oh yeah I was like Dottie the fuck did they do to you like I was I was truly terrified oh absolutely scary so also like I, Vecna
1: must be quaking because there were so many tentacles oh my in God. these episodes <laughs> I was like Vecna holy was, shit. Vecna was like oh shit like, threatened in his own house. Threatened in his own house in Netflix because I have never seen more <laughs> tentacles in my life. Every Ooh. episode, we're like, oh, I thought this was tentacles. Nope, here comes more. Here comes yes. more. Like, going from the autopsy to Lot 36, I was like, oh, I thought we were done with tentacles. No. Nope. Oh, well,
0: I didn't even realize that. Maybe it's the Vecna fetish preserving because right? I'm just like... <laughs> because I also loved, like autopsy was just so haunting mm-hmm. oh my god that was princess, my other favorite princess you also one. like
1: those freaking tentacles though I I think you let—they're both there, and both of them.
0: I have a problem. The first step (laughs) is saying it. But yeah, I really really just love that they were, like, small character studies because the guy Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. Lot 36 is a complete dickhead and um, played to perfection by Tim Blake Nelson. And so it was great seeing him get his comeuppance, like— and just even, like, his small, like, his non-horror drama of just, like, being in debt and that guy coming in, like, with the hammer just— Hammering him on the head, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to die. Yep. Yep. And I thought, like, are they going to have him live? But I think, you know, Guillermo del Toro, when he introduced him as a, you know, a racist, I was like, oh, he's dying. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, oh, sorry. Sorry, honey. You're going to die. My favorite episode Definitely has to be dreams in the witch house, just mm-hmm. because of all of the things. Like, you, if you put Rupert Grint in something and make him drink Felix Felici's, like, what am I gonna do? Like, seriously, they're like, I couldn't believe this. They were, they kept like being things in this episode that I was like, this is a personal attack. He was. They kept playing the Outlander theme song. I was like, what <laughs> is going on? This is like a this is like a personal test of Twilight Zone. It's like they're. Playing the Outlander theme song. Here we got Rupert Grint, like, Ron Weasley uh, being a bartender, smoking a cigarette, and then, like, getting talking about liquid gold, handing him Felix Felice's, the devil's snare takes him into hell or whatever. I'm like, this is crazy. This is wild. Loving this. Uh, Rupert, baby, your accent was a little all over the place, but you know what? We will forgive it because... He has He's a dad now. He's not only is he a dad, but he just has like the perfect face for horror. I still think he has some of the best expressions that I've oh, ever seen sure. on a human. So, I just like I want him in more horror things because it was he was fantastic and I loved this one as well because the witch was so like if I was a kid, like if I was younger, that witch would have freaked me out. I would have been so scared of it. It was she was so spooky, so like like it was like she was like a tree coming to life, and like had those claws, and then was like right over him, in bed, like ah, like I I was just like that was one of the images that like stuck in my head after watching and that always to me like shows a good horror story because I have like a specific cursed or terrifying image in my head like right before I go to sleep like when I finally go to bed and then I think of that thing again and it's like oh no it's not real it's not in the corner of your room don't look in the corner of your room just go to bed (laughs) don't (laughs) look oh and Peter Pettigrew there was a rat the rat came right. out of him oh my I'm like God. what is happening like he was yelling fuck off to another evil magic like rat I'm like what the hell is this this is crazy So now we're going to do our One More Things, but we're combining them. We're combining our powers of One More Thing, (laughs) and we're going to (laughs) play Smash or Pass Guillermo del Toro Monster Edition because this is the best idea that we've ever had. And we're going to go through some of the monsters from Guillermo del Toro's stories, movies, anthology of his own work, and say if we would Smash or Pass them. And we're going to start with. The fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. He got those horns. He got that long, long hair coming down. And it's Doug Jones under there. So mythical fawn. What are you feeling, princess?
0: Smash or pass? I mean, I would smash. I would smash. Because fawns are known for being good at at sex. (laughs) Right? Like Pan.
1: What? I've never heard that in my
0: life. Cause so like like in like fawns are like kind of like satyr Right. And satyrs were like these hairy half men, half goats with right, like really engorged have penises. Sex? I
1: didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah, girl. Oh. They always
0: be like remember in in Hercules how Phil was trying to always grab these nymphs and stuff? Mm. That was a that was a PG version of him being super horny all the time because he's a satyr. <gasps> Oh, so they're horny
1: and horny. That's exactly got why it. they have the
0: horns. The, the mm. Greek, the Greeks were very on the nose with their
1: smart. <laughs> you know what? I, I appreciate it. Uh, Would also smash because loving his alien looking face, loving those horns up top. If there's horns up top and horns down below, like that's all you could want as a girl. So I'm down. And look at those, like his big and he got hands. A job. Look at that. Oh, yeah, I got a job and he got those big ass hands like caressing mm-hmm. this girl's face like those hands can caress my
0: face. Up next, we have who I think is the ultimate smash. We got Hellboy from Ooh. Hellboy played by Ron Perlman in this incarnation. And even though Ron, Ron Perlman himself is my spiritual grandpa, um, <laughs> separate from that. Hellboy is definitely an ultimate smash
1: why why ultimate smash
0: um because he's like a hot half man half demon he's my favorite color he's got a tail and I think <laughs> <laughs> my favorite color he, yeah, he's, a, he's like the ultimate accessory boyfriend it's like I love red I look good in red my man is red so <laughs> can look good with me so it, I think that it's just a match made in aesthetic heaven
1: <laughs> Um I would also smash.
0: And he's got a really big fist. Yeah, that that's I mean
1: that to me is way more compelling than the color red. So, uh loving that fist, loving um just his dad energy. It's the ultimate dad energy and I would smash both Ron Perlman and Hopper Daddy, both versions of Hellboy. I'll smash any version of Hellboy. So, down for either. Okay, next we have a personal favorite of mine that I would definitely, definitely smash. We have The Amphibian Man from The Shape of Water, yep. uh, which was such an amazing... I loved this movie. I'm sorry. This was one of my oh, yeah. favorite movies. I It was one of those things where after seeing this movie, I saw this movie with Joe, and I was like so in love with this, uh, this man, this fish man, and Joe's like, you're in love with the fish man? Yeah, this was when I think Joe found Who out that I was a monster effort. So this was a very uh, fun moment in our relationship. <laughs> uh, but yes, would, act, would would smash all day. This little fish man is respectful, loving, hot as hell, and again, Guillermo del Toro gets it with the big hands. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Love and, and the shots, like the close ups of those moments. Like we love a little female gaze in there. Mm-hmm.
0: How could you not smash this amphibian man? Absolutely. No. I think uh, no notes. Uh smashing all day. I think we all know that he can F really good because right. uh, Sally Hawkins expressed it very clearly <laughs> that uh um that, that is that he can do that. So I'm I'm yes, correct. Would you in the bathtub? Yeah. I mean Shower. Shower. Shower rather than bathtub. But I appreciate the enthusiasm of the bathtub. (laughs) I know. That that was the one moment, though, like they went in like the deep water, like the
1: lake. And I was like, this is a little scary because like, I don't know. I don't like big water. So maybe they wouldn't work out with me and Fishman in the end because water kind of freaks me out.
0: Well, if you turn you into like a half space lady, then it's okay because then you can't drown.
1: Yes, you know what that that's a very good point, Princess. Let's move on. uh but yeah this this movie got an Oscar so and it got an Oscar just because of how hot this fish man was so exactly
0: that's how you know it's good so next we have the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth um big hands, but he's also got eyes on his palms and I'm not sure if that's what I want for myself. you know that's very intimidating, you know? Mm. Although, I won't have to worry about eye contact during certain moments. So it's very, you know, I'm losing it over. I think right now it's a pass. I need to work on my biases mm. um, about <laughs> men with eyes on their hands. So, until, until then, we'll see. But uh, it's a pass for me, dog. Got it.
1: You know what? Makes sense. Uh, I would smash for sure. Uh, love that there's eyes there so a man can actually see what they're doing and know what they're uh, doing. That's
0: that's a good point. You
1: know? So that's helpful. Also love those, like, longer fingers, like, little black fingernails, like, right at the tips. Like, oh, love that. That's hot. Would like those? I want those to like caress the back of my neck right. all day. I also like that he doesn't have eyes. Like you know, he's it, got a little Voldemort situation going. Like so, yeah. if, if if the eyes are doing work, then I can just look like I'm uh, smashing Voldemort. So that's a little yeah. fun. Uh, also, they
0: they can't objectify you. True. Yes, unless you want uh, them to in right. a very specific way.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just, I think it's fun. It's one of those things where people are so freaked out by this one that I think a lot wouldn't even give him the chance. So I would say, you know what? Let's let's try it. Let's go on a, a wild a wild night together. Do I think I would marry him like the fish man? No. Would it be a long relationship? No. But like. After a night out, hell yeah. A wild night, let's do it. Story for the ages. I love that. You know
0: what? It's true. Let's just do it. (laughs) uh, You know what? Actually, you do it, and then you let me know if it's worth it. And then we'll just just do that. Yeah. That's easier. I'll let you
1: know if if it's worth it or not. If not, I'm like, listen, the eyes were there, but really couldn't see anything. So, unfortunately, didn't work out. But I'll let you know. Okay. Next up, we have from Blade 2, which is very fun. We got these reapers. And these reapers might look pretty normal at first. And you're like, what's what's so scary about this, you know? Until the jaw, until the unhinged jaw comes out. And, you know, because it just looks like a little line at first. And you're like, mm-hmm. this is just a bald man, Oh no, (laughs) there's more, (laughs) more is hidden. There is more than meets the eye. So uh, (laughs) Princess, uh, would you smash or pass one of
0: these Reapers? You know, I'm truly conflicted because (laughs) there's a lot of potential here. You know, there's a lot of wiggly bits. There's a lot of potential suctioning. Like, you know, Mm. it really, I think if I took an edible, (laughs) <laughs> I think it would be fun. Got it. I think I think this is my pale man. You know what? Like it's like right. it's like I think I think I would risk it for the biscuit. If I was if I was on an edible and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna consent. I'm a little nervous. Let's take a little and then we'll see what's gonna happen. I I I wanna find out. Right. I mean, it's one of those
1: things that I'm I'm loyal to the vampires. Every every mm-hmm. type of vampire. So like to me, this is a. I mean, the tongue really put it over the top for me. So to me, this is absolutely a smash. Mm-hmm. Um, more than I thought before, and yeah. also because it's a vampire, that's just another win. That's just adding to the list of wins, in my opinion. I realize I haven't
0: passed any of these, so <laughs> I. I- I wasn't gonna say it because I knew that that was gonna be a revelation that you were gonna li- enjoy yourself.
1: <laughs> I just realized. But did right we have now, any doubts? Did we have any doubts? I, I didn't personally. I was like, it's yeah, gonna, so, something's gonna have to be really off for me not to want to try it once. So um, yeah, you know, especially with Del Toro, because like I said, this man—that is my guy. He is my mm-hmm. guy when it comes to monsters. A lot of people they make monsters, and the monsters aren't hot. Almost every Del Toro monster, I'm telling you, hot. Would smash. So, this is just proving my point.
0: (laughs) For our final contestant, the one, the only, the angel of death in Hellboy 2 The Golden Army. Hellboy 2 has a lot of sexy people in it, not going to yes. lie. All those white-haired uh, bushy boys. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I'll, I'll be a part of anything that's a part of Hellboy 2. So, uh, <laughs> for me, it's a yes. But what about you, Tessa? Uh, for
1: me, it's also a yes. Just look at all those eyeballs on these wings. Like, that's a lot, uh, like, hovering over you. Ever since thinking about fairy sex and how you can, like, fly and hover and but have sex at the same time, would Mm -hmm. definitely do that with this angel of death. Like, you know, fly me to the moon, baby. Let's go. Yeah.
0: It's like, let me be your wings, but for real, for real. Yes. I I want to experience that. I think so, too. And I think, like, the flying—that's why the tale with Hellboy is, like—because that could be interesting, you know? like Whenever someone's got extra bits, it's like, let's (laughs) see—let's— Let's see how this comes together. This is a, this is a learning experience for everyone,
1: right? Because I don't have a tail, I don't have wings, I don't know what that's going to be like. Like, show yeah. me,
0: tell me, exactly. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to see everything past the point of no return. <laughs>
1: yes, past the point of no return. <laughs> happy Halloween! Halloween <laughs> happy Halloween!
0: <laughs> Alright, y'all, you know the drill. If you like us, follow us. You can find the Geek Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And for those of you who absolutely cannot get enough of us, let us know in a five-star review. You know that you need to tell us that you love us.
1: Yes. The way please you love tell us. the pale man. <laughs> yep, exactly. Just talk about some monsters in your review, and then we'll know it's from this episode specifically. Yes. Uh <laughs> we appreciate it. The Geek Podcast is hosted by me, Tessa Netting. And me, Princess Weeks. You can find me on TikTok,
0: Instagram, YouTube, all over the internet at Tessa Netting. And you can find me on YouTube as Princess Weeks and on Twitter as Weeks Princess. Next week, we're going through changes in animation with Big Woo. Mouth. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. Oh, Here God. Go. Hormone monsters. Hormone monsters. Right after this very horny episode. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. It writes itself, people. <laughs>
1: exactly. The, the transitions are there. We're, we're <laughs> ready. We're, we need to fill
0: our after spooky season. You know what I mean? This is a Netflix Geek and Spoke Media production.
1: Kelly Culp is our producer. Reyes Mendoza is our associate producer. Delora Patton is our coordinating producer. And a special thanks to Carson McCain.
0: Sound design and engineering by Evan Arnett, who also composed and performed our original theme.
1: Our executive producers are Keisha TK
0: Dutez, Riga Mosley, Leah Tabakolian and Keith Reynolds. To stay updated on all things geek, be sure to follow at Netflix Geek on Twitter, Instagram, and the TikToks.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Happy Halloween, you guys. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Ow! Ow!
0: <laughs> <laughs>